Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to the uh, podcast, uh, Blog Talk, Heavenly Places. I'm your, your host, Jameer, along here with Dorothy. Thank you for joining us this evening. And today we're going to talk about the creation or two creations. I wasn't actually sure what I wanted to call it, but I wanted to focus on two or three different aspects of it. I'm not sure if I'm going to get through everything this evening. But let me start off open up with a prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you for your love, Father, your salvation. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to, be, to die on the cross for our sins. Um, Father, I just pray, Lord, for all the listeners, God, that you would draw their hearts towards you, Father God, and um, show them your love and salvation. We lift up this nation and all the nations throughout the world, that you would draw the people who don't know you towards you, Father Lord, and strengthen those who do know you and help them grow even closer. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so there's a, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, scriptures I want to give you to this evening. And um, actually, this is, for some reason, the last, this last year, this is, uh, this is like one of the most famous scriptures of all. <laughs> I wouldn't say most famous, but it's probably one of the easiest ones to remember. Um, but actually, it's, it's uh, become one of my uh, favorite favorite scriptures to use this past year. I, I and mean, I don't know why that is, you know. But it's uh, actually the first Bible verse um, that many people know, even uh, believers. I mean, even people who aren't Christians, they know this one, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this is uh, talking about God creating. Um, now, there's many different ways of, to look at it, the traditional way of looking at it. I want to kind of look at it as like an untraditional way this evening um, as far as uh, that whole Genesis chapter 1. Um, what I mean traditionally, uh, but Genesis chapter one, verse one and Genesis chapter one, verse two, they see those kind of like as, uh, the same type of event, um, Genesis chapter one, verse one and Genesis chapter one verses, uh, two. And let me, uh, read, read that scripture to, to also, um, excuse me. And verse 2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that's just a very uh, um, new new international version, uh, just kind of like overview of Scripture Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. But um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 um, you know, scientists, they study this thing, they call it the Big Bang Theory. And that's when they say they did, uh, I guess, some elements came together. Even though they said it was nothing and some elements came together, I guess, somehow, and then exploded and then the universe started expanding. Well, they got a little bit of it right, actually, I believe. Because the Big Bang Theory, how they define it, is really not accurate. According to the biblical, my understanding is like the Big Bang Theory. I do believe there was a moment when everything was spoken into existence by our, our Father God, 
you know, scientists even know today that the universe is still expanding from this very moment in time, which is recorded in scripture, except it wasn't a result of like some elements or whatever they want to call it exploded in into the atmosphere. It was actually the result of an, an intelligent creator, intelligent designer. So we have the opportunity to call him our heavenly father, our God, our God in heaven. You know, it's not something that happened on accident, but it was something that he, it was his choice, something he had purpose. Um, many, 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 many eons ago, because he's eternal, so we can't put no timestamp on him. When how long ago he was thinking that? Um, so people who uh, believe in the Big Bang theory, they can see that it, scientists can see, it, but they can't understand it. So they say it's elements, but really, if they looked at the spiritual side of it, they would know that it is God who actually spoke into existence and caused that what they call the Big Bang, except it was actually in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So then we have uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and then going to uh, verse 2, where it says, Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over it. Um, so now this is kind of interesting because it's talking about the earth being formless, and uh, void, formless and void. Those are very, very key words. Um, because it seemed like from Genesis 1, when we have God creating something, and then all of a sudden we have this earth that is, uh, is, that is formless and void, and it's kind of like covered with water because it talks about the spirit of God, Elohim, hovering over the waters. Um, so it's like uh, people believe, or me, I believe uh, they call it. Some people call it like the gap, the gap theory, where there's actually a time, like a, a time frame in between Genesis chapter one verse one, when where our Father God actually created the universe and galaxies, and then something happened in the midst, in between Genesis chapter one verse one and Genesis chapter one verse two, and some people estimate that it could be anywhere from ten thousands of years to millions of billions of years. Now, that part, I really don't know. I guess I have to wait till we get to heaven and find out really about that. But uh, it is my belief and understanding that uh, from the study of scripture, and I will, I will give you the scripture, um, that something happened between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and that's why this, this title, this lesson title is called kind of like the uh, two creations. Um it's almost like kind of like if you want to explain it into natural terms. Today is like someone creating and building a house, and then all of a sudden, the house is covered with water. <laughs> like the whole house is like top of water. It's like okay, why why is that like that? Um, so in Genesis chapter one verse one, we have creation in the heavens and everything, and a sense of being complete. Um, again, which is commonly taught. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, we have the earth being covered with water, okay? And in, uh, instead of we seeing, uh, we see here it says that God is kind of like observing, like it says he's hovering over the face of the water. And it looks like some type of uh, destruction had happened because it says that the earth was formed, was formless and void. And another scripture I would like to bring up, um, I got a whole lot of different scriptures um, this evening. 
Uh, this is Jeremiah chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. I encourage you, if you're listening, um, just don't take my word for it. Do your own study of it and write down these uh, scriptures. Um, Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 23. And I haven't even got to the Hebrew words yet of it. But it is Jeremiah 4, verse 23. It says, I looked at the earth. And it was formless and empty, and at the heaven, and their light was gone. And we'll go ahead and read, go on and read further down, read down all the way down to verse 28. And I looked at the mountains, and they were quaking, and at the hills were swaying. And I looked, and there was no people, and every bird in the sky had fallen away. And I looked up, and I looked up, and a fruitful land was was a desert. And all the towns laid in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. This is what the Lord says. The whole land will be ruined, though I will not destroy completely. Therefore, the earth will mourn and the heavens above grow dark. Because I have spoken, it will not relent. I have decided, it will not turn back. So that Jeremiah chapter 4 was 28. Basically, our father God said that he was going to do something. And he said, hey. Uh, what I said is going to happen. I can't turn. I'm not going to change my mind. It, it is set in stone. And I believe this right here is, is not talking about um, the flood that happened with Noah. Okay. This right here, I actually believe, is talking about what happened before Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, before he was hovering over the uh, face of the earth. I actually believe that... Uh, something terrible, very, very terrible had happened. Very, very, very terrible had happened. <clears throat> and it caused God to want to to uh to destroy it. Um another scripture that I want to bring up is uh Job chapter thirty eight. Job chapter thirty eight. Um and it's talking about uh Actually, I'm going to just go ahead and read it. Starting in verse 4, it says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. And this is, uh, they're talking to Job, um, God. And he says, Who marked off his dimensions? Uh, surely you know. Who stretched a measure line across, talking about who's measured it, and talking about being real specific about our Father God putting everything in a specific place for a specific purpose. Verse 6 says, On what were his foot and set, or who laid his cornerstone? And while the morning stars sang together, and the sons of God shouted for joy. Now this right here, what I want to bring out specifically is that last verse, verse 7, because it's talking about when uh, God created the earth, um, that the uh, the sons of God, who are the sons of God? It's not us because we weren't weren't there, uh, even though we are His children. But the sons of God in this particular passage is talking about uh, the angels. The angels were there, and now uh, some specific angels that I want to focus on. Um, but anyway, we have the angels being there when. Our father was laying the foundation of this earth, and they they were so happy and excited. And we see the earth here created for a purpose, okay? It's not just something that's 
formless and void and with the destruction, but the angels are excited about what's going on. Um, <clears throat> this next scripture uh, is Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, and this one says a whole, whole lot. Um, for this is what the Lord said. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned the earth, who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. And he did not create it to be empty, but formed to be inhabited, he says. For I am the Lord, and there is no other. And this one says he did not create it to be empty, but formed. And it, uh, empty, it says, he. another another version says he did not create it in vain. Um, so it says that this right here, Isaiah 45, 18, would, would actually contradict but it says in Genesis chapter one verse two because it says that the earth was what formless and void that it was empty that it had no purpose. But here in Isaiah four forty five verse eighteen it says that well he made it and he didn't made it he didn't make it formless but he shaped it and created it to be filled. Okay. So um, this is talking about when he first created it. So that Genesis chapter one verse one created. And so who did he create it to be filled? Well, obviously mankind was not there yet. They didn't show up on the scene yet. Um, but I believe that our father actually filled it with uh, angelic beings. <laughs> he always does things for purpose. I know this is kind of hard, very very hard study, um, very very controversial study. But um, again, remember. Just compare this Isaiah 45, where it says that he didn't create it in vain, and he didn't create it formless. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 says it was formless. So that's a contradiction, unless something else happened. And that's what I believe something else happened. Um, and what was that? Well, we get clues throughout the scripture. Everything is not in one place where you can just pull it up. But there's clues scattered throughout scripture. One of them is Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28, I will read that one to you too. It says, Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, and every precious stone adorned you. The Carlinai, the crystal, I'm pronouncing these wrong, um, Somebody's wrong, the emerald, the topaz, the onyx, the jasper, the the laspis, the turquoise, and burly, and your your settings and mountains were made of gold, and on a day you were created, they were prepared. Um so this right here is, let me go ahead and read because I want to talk about some of the, these uh so I'm gonna go ahead and read the down to verse fifteen. You were anointed as a guarded cherubim for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mountain of God, and you walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created, and until wickedness was found in you. So this is right here is the fall of Satan, Lucifer, Satan adversary. You know, we have Lucifer. We see that he is a. a first of all, he's a created being. <laughs> Our Father God created him. So. Our Father God and Jesus, you know, also who was equal with God, 
So when you see, like, you might see on social media, you have, like, this arm wrestling match of uh, Jesus wrestling the devil. That's very, very, very inaccurate. Like, they really tossed and actually probably to make it a little bit more accurate, maybe you should have the devil wrestling with his entire arm or whole body, and Jesus maybe not using his hand, but turned around backwards and, like, not even looking at Satan and wrestling him with his not even his hand, but like a a hair growing on his uh, pinky finger. <laughs> That's how strong our father is compared to Satan. So Satan, when I'm just at with that, that he's just a created being. This scripture talks about him being created, but he's very powerful. It says that he was created with all these gems and rubies and emeralds. They was kind of like part of him or part of his body for some reason. And it talks about him being in Eden. So this right here is a different Eden than the Eden that uh, Adam and Eve was in. So not only did there were two types of creations, but we're seeing now that there are two types of Eden. And then this uh, or, or origin or this first creation, um, we have uh the angels rejoiced, and I believe they rejoiced him because when the Father created it, he put the angels there because they were going to have some purpose here on this planet. They were going to have some purpose here, but then it says in verse 15, something happened. It says that uh, wickedness was found in him. Now, it didn't say that uh, our Father got put it in him. Our Father gave him a choice, just like he has given us a choice, and he chose that to be found in evil. Um, so he was this cherub, so we know that he was an angel, and he fell. Um, another scripture I want to give you is Isaiah chapter 14, which also talks about him. It says, uh, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which weakens the nations? How thou hast in thy heart, or, excuse me, how thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heavens, I will exalt, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregations and the side of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the most high. Um, so this right here, it's Saying this scripture also is saying a lot. Um, basically, it's talking about well, Satan. He seen when he was that. He seen how powerful he was, but he didn't realize his his power in relationship to the Creator Almighty. Maybe maybe his uh, the wickedness and the arrogance in his heart got him thinking that he can beat Elohim. Um, he deceived himself. You know, that's what he's a, he calls him the great deceiver. Well, he greatly, greatly deceived his own self. But in here in verse 14, it says, it was very interesting. It says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, um, and I will drop my phone to the stars of God. So uh, here we have Satan, you know, no matter what position you are, we have him always looking up towards God. And I believe when he was saying these things, 
he was saying these things while he was on earth because it's talking about him looking beyond the clouds and beyond the stars up into heaven because he wanted to be up there, not just down here on earth ruling things. And I believe a whole lot of things were happening on this earth. It wasn't just God that seen it, iniquity in him, but I believe why he was on this earth that some very evil and wicked things was going on with him and some of the, the, uh, the angels, the fallen angels, not the, the anointed angels. And that right there is a whole other topic. I, I don't want to go to that one. Maybe we can go to that one another day. But a whole lot of things, evil things are not just going on in, within him, but he began to manifest those things and it began to affect the earth and it began to corrupt not just the earth, but I believe it began to uh, corrupt the whole universe, um, meaning like Saturn and Jupiter, you know, Jupiter, like right now, and if you look at it and scientists say that uh, it's a big red dot there and that big red dot is actually a storm and it's like wind storms, like a big old typhoon going on for like maybe like 1,000 miles an hour that, that the wind is blowing so bad that your body would disintegrate. Well, I believe all these things were not like that until Lucifer began to rebel, and that not only did it affect the earth, but it began to, to affect everything connected with the earth, everything that was around, so the universe, the stars, Mars, and all these kind of things. I believe, in a sense, they failed too, because my my belief is, and I believe our Father still has that in mind, that uh, that the uh, earth was going to be the starting point for his creation and they would expand and grow to the other planets but that didn't happen because of the fall but I believe in the future that it will happen again and uh, what God says because remember the scripture I read earlier it says that uh, everything that God purposed is going to uh, happen Um, so we need we we can blame Satan for the things that are, are corrupt but one thing that's interesting though is I want to read this scripture, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, uh, this is in the New Testament. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and then this way death came to all people because all sin. Now, it's talking about sin and death entering into the world through one man. Um, that right there, of course, we know was when Adam, when he was uh, in the the second garden, he he and Eve made a decision, and they they fell into sin. They fell into sin, and then through that, it kind of like started to cycle up again <laughs> of this death and destruction and stuff. It's like a, I guess I would say maybe a slower decay and destruction because the Father has a purpose for us. And unlike the purpose that he had for uh, some of the fallen angels, I guess maybe the decisions, I don't know, Just but just guessing maybe since Satan, Lucifer, was up in heaven and he's seen God and he knew all his goodness, things that we don't really quite understand or haven't experienced because we're, we're flesh, even though we're spiritual. But that might be the difference between the judgments of why, of why Lucifer and the fallen angels were condemned permanently and why mankind is maybe is given a second chance. I don't know. That that's just like kind of like a, I guess, 
or maybe it's because our father is just so merciful and loves us so much. You know, we 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 know that anyway. <laughs> but I don't I don't know why why the decision is for the judgment for them. But that's that's not my in my hand. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, this Romans five twelve is talking about Adam how how he also corrupted it, got corrupted and becomes well. That's why some of the things that we're dealing with today with the wars, rumors of wars, the sickness, the disease, the pestilence, the corruption in politics. Uh, even the things that are going on in the environment, it all boils back down to uh, what Adam did, you know. But I believe everything that is happening throughout the universe, since we really haven't been, well, we've been to the moon and shown some things, but I believe all that other stuff that's going on in heaven is a result of uh, what Satan did, the enemy. Um, Another scripture I want to bring, actually, I want to go back to that, Ezekiel chapter 28, 12, 28, 12. It says, Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were there in the garden of Eden, the garden of God. Then it talks about what he was clothed in, and it says, you were anointed as a, a guardian and cherubim, for so I ordained you. Um, Ezekiel 28 and then again that's talking about Satan being in the garden and being a ruler ruler over this earth um, ruler over this earth during the the first creation and that again that's between if you want to look at a scripture it's between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 so I believe that there is a uh there is some type of uh they call this comedy called like a gap theory. Um, I'm not sure if that's the proper name to call it, but that's just what I believe. And I could be wrong. We we'll find out. Maybe they have a class in heaven that we can take on that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. No, let me get to where 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 I was at. I'm sorry. Okay, now another thing that I want to talk about is um, let me go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, which is also very important. Um, And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every creature that moves on the ground. Now, this right here, this Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, that was an NIV version. It says, feel. Um, a lot of versions, like the King James Version, which is one of the original versions, it says, refill or replenish. That's what it says. So why would it say uh, Why would it say that in the Hebrew and the King James, to refill or to, or to replenish? You can't. You can't uh, refill and replenish something that has ever been refilled or, or replenished before. It's just like you opening up a new cup, you know, and you put water in it. Are you filling it or are you refilling it? You just fill. You just filling it. But when you drink all that water, and you like, okay, you can say fill this cup again. But when you filling it, you actually are refilling a cup again. You're just re- refilling it. 
And God is saying, replenish it. So this Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, even our father himself, God is saying, okay, something was there before, and I want to bring something back again to refill or repopulate this earth. <clears throat> and another supporting is that is uh, Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, when we have the flood, the Noah's flood, when Noah's flood happened, it says, and God blessed Noah and his sons and saying to him, be fruitful and increase in number. And again, it says, replenish or refill the earth. And we know by saying that replenish or refill because even Noah and them know when they got an ark, there was a lot of people that got destroyed by this flood. So again, we have that word replenish or refill. The same thing as it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. It says replenish and refill. So we have things going on. Even in Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, this is something different. But it says, uh, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. So that the land was filled with them. Now, this is talking about uh, Exodus chapter 1, verse 7. It's talking about when the children of Israel was uh, filling the land of Egypt. So it says filled. It doesn't say refill. It says filled. That's because they they had not been there before, the children of Israel. So they're refilling. I mean, they're not refilling. They're filling that area with the uh, children of Israel. So all these right here are... uh, Different examples that I that I want to bring out about the uh, two. Even though I say two types of creations, I believe actually there was only one creation, which is Genesis chapter one verse one, and we have a, a destruction where the earth is covered with water, like the whole atmosphere, like the sky. I believe, like if we would kind of like to imagine it right now that. Even the atmosphere had water around it, so kind of like uh, almost in a sense, maybe protecting the earth. I don't know, but uh, the Genesis chapter one verse two, where it says the uh, the earth was formless and void. I will I don't want to say that that is a uh, maybe it's like a redevelopment, like you have uh, what they're doing now is uh, these uh, gentrification projects in in a in a city where. We have like a whole lot of buildings that uh, the property value has went down, and um, like in Indianapolis, Philadelphia, Kansas City, <clears throat> even in New York, they they go in and they take these places that were projects or lower income areas, and a lot of people are gone, and they kind of knock them down or remodel them, and then they raise up the, the property values because they are generally close to the downtown area where a lot of the businesses and companies are. And a lot of CEOs and directors and people like that come in here, and guess what? They they're refilling those places because uh, it's in a sense they kind of been remodeled. So I believe that right there is that gentrification thing that's going on is almost kind of an example uh, with this Genesis chapter one verse two. Things were already there, things were already in place, except everything was kind of destroyed. Um, and I think I'm going to stop right there because I have some things to talk about uh, as far as what happened during that time. And it, and I believe that some of that explains, like, some of the 
type of spirits and things like that that we're fighting with. It's like it gives you kind of lead, leading on to like spiritual warfare, and that's what we can kind of talk about next week. But I'm going to just stop right there and see if uh, Dorothy, if she wants to have anything to add or any comment to that, because I know there's a lot of scriptures and all that kind of stuff and going back and forth. The only thing that comes to my mind, and I know we studied under the same teacher, so um, in Genesis, when it says the earth was void, isn't there... Uh, wasn't that where the Hebrew word used for was or interpreted as was is also used as became? Yes, yes. Oh, I had that and I forgot to mention that. Yes, that right there is uh, in the Hebrew it's called like tohu wabahu, something like that. That's how you pronounce it. Tohu wabahu. And that basically is uh, like instead of was, it says became. So I'm not sure why they changed it and the earth was. But it should have been became. So yes, that yes, that is very 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 key when when the interpretation of it was um, translated into English or German. I forgot I forgot how it, how it went when they did that. But um, maybe they translated that because became did not make any sense to them at the time. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so it became like that, not like was very, very, that's good, yeah. And if they had translated it became, all our ears would be up, our antenna would be up. What do you mean became? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's just explained so many other things that's going on in the world once you understand this. Um, And I'm I'm not saying that it's, it's going to, well, it might make you closer to God, but really what makes you closer to God is prayer. But having this uh, this type of understanding of the scripture from this perspective could, could also cause you to understand some other things while they're happening, cause you not to be maybe confused, saddened, or depressed, but it actually might lead to ways that you can have victory in in your life, victory in your life over these things that, you can't see this attacking you and maybe explain some of the whys of the questions that you may have. Right, because we are in a war that started before we were born. Yeah. In the flesh. That is is so so, uh, crazy. It's like, go ahead. That's why I don't want to be raptured out, thank you very much, you know, besides the first ones that are taken are the tears, but that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I want to keep on fighting. You know, that's what we're here to do. We're, we're here to not only make our own choice, which side we want to be on to, you know, to yeah. fight and to save others. So I want to keep on keeping on, you know? Yes. It's going to be, you know, I believe, um, I believe we, well, I'm not sure when when we're going to be raptured out of this place, but it is good that while we're here, you know, this like uh, this present suffering, you know, that we go through in our bodies and that we see other people go through, you know, even though it's good to fight, it's like you got to imagine yourself as being like a warrior on a military battle and you might have got taken a few bullets, 
but you got to help the people. You got to pull them out as people, like people who don't know. They're like in the middle of this war. You got us believers, us followers of, of, of God, our Father, fighting, fighting these evil fallen angels and all these other type of creatures. And then we have people that we're trying to get, and they're they're on the enemy enemy lines. And some of them is fighting us. That's because they don't know. <laughs> And some of them was captured right. and, and trapped. They're like they're like prisoners of war. <laughs> you know, they they don't know exactly. some people don't know they're fighting on the wrong team and then some people are just trapped and they can't get out and that's that's why we're fighting and actually it's a prophecy and a book of Joel. And I believe that's talking about us, but it's talking about a, a it's talking about really the end times, but it's talking about a great mighty army and it's talking about all of them being on one accord and they're they're fighting like mighty men and the, the ground is shaking before him and they before them they jumping and leaping over walls and and I believe that's talking about us in the future, you know. <laughs> so I believe uh I, I mean I'm not sure but I believe like I believe that we might that we're gonna be actually in the end, we're gonna be fighting for real. <laughs> you know. Even though really the father he can just do like a, a snap, you know, there's this this show called this movie called The Avengers and it's another one coming out. Anyway, the bad guy, he snapped his finger. He destroyed like half of the universe. But really, our father, he can do everything just like that, just by, he don't even have to snap. He can just think and just wipe out the enemy like that. But for some reason, he wants to use us. I guess, you know, he wants to make it interesting. So he makes it look like he's not going to win or it's just barely, he just using, like, even like you can see that throughout all the fights. But the nation of Israel, like when um, who was the Gideon, and he was like he had this big army, and and the father guy, he kept on telling them, no, take these people out, take these people out, because they drunk water a certain way. And I don't think he really had anything against them. He just wanted to eliminate people to make it even the odds even greater. You know, he went. So we have this army, this really small army going up against this big army, even like David and Goliath. It's like God could have his own life if he wants to. There's there's big, mighty warriors probably that believe in God, but God always wants to use the weak things, the foolish things to, to uh, just like to upset the enemy. Like, man, how did he do that out of that? <laughs> you know, just like you don't have to be you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the powerfulest. You don't have to be the bravest. All you have to do is just love God. That's how that's how he has it. So it ain't about us really exactly. being the best, even though we should we should strive to be the best we can, to be be perfect, to love God as much as we can. But it's it's really just about Him and what He wants to do. It ain't it ain't about us. Because, oh, I know this many scriptures and I know this many songs. Or, I went to church all these Sunday schools. No, it ain't about all of that. Even though that can be helpful and it can be not helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's like we're going to be all little spiritual Superman when the end yeah. comes, I think. <laughs> yes. It's, I believe uh, yeah, when the end is going to be, things is going to be even be amazing. The people who are Christians but really don't believe in things like that. But I don't know. You might be like Jesus walking through a wall. We don't know. <laughs> So we'll we'll see what happens when we get there. It's very, very exciting times. I believe everything is wrapping up really, really soon. Jesus said he was coming back soon. That was like 2,000 years ago. So 
So I'm sure it's got to be sooner than soon right now, you know. <laughs> so I know. His still idea plenty, plenty soon of work is, to do. Yes, his idea of soon is t- very different from my idea of soon, you know. Just found that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is true, you know, because he's been around, you know, he got it we gotta think, okay, how long has he been around? Well, he's been around forever, eternity, infinity, all that kind of stuff. So this right here is not even a second to him in my life, <laughs> you know. So his soon is so much different than ours. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. And um, next week we're going to do, I want to talk about what happened in that Genesis, between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 1, verse 2, a little bit. Um, and it's going to really focus on the, the spiritual warfare aspect of it, spiritual warfare aspect of it. And I'll bring in uh, probably some books that you can refer and then also some testimonies of uh, people who uh, have went into the spiritual world of heaven and things like that. So I'll close up in prayer. um, Father, Father God, we thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your word of scriptures, Father. Draw us closer towards you. Give us strength, Father. Lord. Help our governments, help our nation, help our men in the Army service, police officers, firefighters, help our president, Father, Lord, the Congress. Um, help the people who are on the street, the homeless people, Father Lord. Um, so many things to pray for, Father. Just and help the the, the people that's having the trouble over there in Mozambique, Father Lord, with the, with the waters and and the various nations, Father. Draw us closer towards you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. That is this. This is a big topic. I don't know if just covering it gives you a, a much deeper perspective. So, guys, do turn in, tune in ne- next week, and hopefully, none of you will get that flu that isn't um, that's <laughs> going around. <laughs> it's not the flu. Um, so, thank you so much, Javier. That was good. I think. It'll sharpen people's perspective a lot covering yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. So, and I will see or hear from you next week. Yes. 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 Thanks for coming, everyone. <laughs> Father bless. And have a good week. Have a blessed week. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>